next episode of One Cardinal, One Cub, and One Beer. We have been on hiatus for two weeks, and a lot has happened. And we knew this. We knew this. We said this. We're gonna we're gonna take a break for for Thanksgiving, and watch a bunch of stuff happen. And a bunch of stuff happened, and it almost all centered around the Cardinals. But we'll get into that. Uh, we do ask you to like us on Facebook. Uh, you can. Uh, uh, follow us on X. You can contact us through one card, one cup, one beer at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our page by clicking on the icon at the bottom right corner or at the end of the video. You can just click on our icon, highlight it, and you will be part of our family. You can support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com and search one card, one cup, and one beer. And you can subscribe to us for as little as $3 a month. And we do appreciate, yeah, you get a cart, you get, get, a, get a, you get stuff, I guess you could say. Stuff. So um, you can support our efforts there. And uh, last week uh, or two weeks ago, we had guests, the Cubby, and uh, we had a winner. We had a, uh, um Mark Marinello. Um, I okay. hope I'm not butchering your name, but uh Mark guessed the cub. And uh who was it last week? Rod, Rod Beck. It was Rod, Rod Beck. Beck that's, right, that's right, that's right. And so um so far we've had four guests the cubs, one nobody got, um, Dave Rosello, the other three uh have been uh guessed correctly. So Mark. A guy named Cooter Lev and Tom is a Maje. Maje, yes. Sir. Tom Maje, they all have a tally. And Three remember, tie. yeah, yeah. Remember, this goes through spring training, and whoever has the most tallies at the end of spring training is going to win a prize package where you get the official one Cardinal, one Cub, and one beer shirt, mug, water bottle, license plate. And you're going to get two tickets to a game, and hopefully we'll make it a Cardinal Cub game. And uh, we will uh, um, continue to do this through the winter. So I got this guy in back of me. If you know who this is, uh, shoot me a message. Shoot JJ a message. Uh, leave a comment um, at the uh, YouTube. Uh, leave a comment in the uh, um, podcast um, on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. First one that tells us, I know who that is, and that is uh, Barry Kloppenstein or whomever, you know, then you'll get a tally and uh, you'll be off and running. So uh, a couple things I, I, I do want to start with. Uh, this was just announced uh, about an hour and a half before we got on here that the Comeback Player of the Year. Cody Bellinger in the National League, no surprise there. Liam Hendricks in the American League, uh, both with both Chicago teams. Hendricks uh, coming back from stage four lymphoma um, and pitched this year. He only pitched five innings because then he got hurt and was out. But, uh, but because of his comeback, um, great courage in coming back, uh, he was certainly deserving of the comeback player of the year. Um, also want to uh, let you all know that former Cub and former Tiger, uh, former Philly, Willie Hernandez passed away. Uh, Willie was a very good addition to the Cubs bullpen in the late 70s, early 80s. But it's when he went to Detroit in 84 that he had one of those years that an average player maybe shouldn't have, but he had it. Um, 
he had 32 saves. He only blew one save the whole year. And that was that was in a meaningless game at the end when they'd already clinched the division. Uh, he had a sub two ERA. Um, and not only did he win the Cy Young that year, he won the American League Most Valuable Player. So, uh, Willie Hernandez, you will be missed. Um, Jason Hayward resigns with the Dodgers. Way to go, Jay Hay. Uh, a lot easier to play when you don't have a $180 million contract wrapped around your neck, but I always thought he was a great, great guy. The uh, Vegas deal has been approved by the owner, so it is official that Oakland will be going to Vegas and playing their baseball. So, you guys have anything to start off with? I've, I've just been motoring my mouth here. That that Oakland A's thing, uh, <clears throat> thing is the stadium's not going to be ready for them. They're talking that they may have to play in Oakland next year with a, t a lame duck team, and they already have low attendance. Um, I think it would be in their best interest to play in that minor league park, fix it up a little bit, and just kind of give Vegas a little taste of, of the team and get it rolling because I don't know if there's anything in Oakland that's – it won't be any kind of uh, positivity going on around there. So, um, you know, maybe they should have thought it out a little more before they announced it. I don't know. And the team – and the city could have showed maybe one more year, hey, we want them to stay. You know, I don't know. But anyway, it's going to be a rough uh, year for the A's next year. What are the odds they play in Oakland? What do what, 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 Give them a 20, maybe 20% or something, maybe. I don't know. That's just me talking. That's me making up numbers. I don't know. But I heard that is a possibility of them being in Oakland next year. And that, that might be a lonely old ballpark for those beer vendors. That that could be dangerous. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm serious. Um, management showing up to work every day. Uh, your average just run-of-the-mill office workers, uh, people who do the, um, that, I shouldn't say menial tasks, but, you know, those who aren't in management, uh, gosh, you're walking in there, you know, you get some deranged fan. I, I, I don't know. Plus, plus, you got rats and possums in there. I mean, you're taking your life in your hands. I did hear, though, in Oakland, there was a, a group of people that got a team together, an independent at the Oakland Bees, they're going to be called, in the Independent League. So, so those fans will have a baseball team. And Oakland's not, not terribly far from Vegas. I guess you could make a trip up there and still support your team. But uh, that's just a sad state because that was once a proud team. But I heard statistics that even when they were winning in the 70s and the 80s, their attendance still wasn't. Oh, oh yeah. They, yeah, they've always had trouble drawing there. That's yeah. why Finley had to bring out gimmicks all the time because he went. It was in Kansas City, and they couldn't draw there, so he, you know, did the gimmicks there. Moved to Oakland and found out it was even harder to draw in Oakland because the Giants were firmly established, and so he had to do a lot more gimmicks to try to get you know people out there. You know, by creating the nicknames blue moon odom and catfish hunter and, and uh the mustache gang yeah the, the must yeah all that stuff so now i got a question for you you guys are cub fans of course uh but it seems like the white Sox, the cubs have no problems even in years where 
not, you know, in the race, they have good attendance. But the White Sox, I don't think they always have good attendance. And it's the same city. Uh, why is there, they just don't get the same support as the Cubs. Is there a, a problem? Is it, I mean, why is that? I know uh, they won a World Series too, and I think it was 05, but uh, it doesn't seem like they get the same support in that city that the Cubs do. You want to address yeah, that, Max? Yeah, sure. I mean, it could be just a culture thing. The Cubs have been more, they've had that identity for, you know, even though both teams are absolutely ancient and have been around for over 100 years at this point, maybe the Cubs have just a, a better branding or aesthetic, maybe. It could be that, or it could be, could be Jerry Reinsdorf being a terrible owner for, you know, 30 yeah. some odd years. Could be a couple things. Okay. I just wondered yeah. because you see support like Oakland doesn't get much support, but the Cubs do, the Cardinals do, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets. Uh, you know, there's about half the teams get great support. And then there's about a bottom 10 that don't, you know, it's kind of rough. Like Cincinnati, even when they win, seems like through the weekdays, they don't have a full house or anything. Yeah, the the Cubs are more or less the professional type people team, the yuppies. And the White Sox have always been kind of the working, the blue collar working man's type team. And uh, I think is is yeah, the the White Sox drew like South Chicago and the Hammond, Indiana um gary indiana stuff like that and if you know anything about that industrial area of south chicago going into indiana uh those uh those factories are basically closed down uh yeah. gary indiana basically is like the worst place to live in now because there is absolutely no jobs and you know you only have to go back 40 years and all that was a thriving uh, working class neighborhood that supported the Sox and that's just not there anymore. They just don't have the population. Um, the ballpark is very bland and uh, they put it in the same neighborhood. They put it right across the the lot where old Comiskey was. So it's it's not in the best neighborhood. There's not good parking around there and mm -hmm. it's I hate to say it, they, they're the little sister and they haven't done much to try to improve that image under Reinsdorf. I see. Okay. All right. Want to mention one more thing. I want to give a shout out. Um, I live in Peevely, town of about 5,000, and we don't have much going on here. We have a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Taco Bell. Um, we have a really good uh, Mexican res restaurant, uh, Las Parisas, which is really good. One of some of the best Mexican food you're going to find. Um, we have uh, one of the two only uh, cornhole places, indoor co cornhole places in the state of Missouri. So if you want to play indoor cornhole, you come to Peebley. Um, but we did have a bar on Main Street that was kind of a, an older neighborhood type bar, and it closed down about two years ago, I'd say. Um, and someone bought it and they made it into a sports bar. 
it's a small sports bar, but it's it's pretty cool. Um, last week, uh, me and Kathy and uh, Rebecca and Violet, we went there and we ate lunch and uh, just kind of scoped out the place and talked to the people a little bit. And I told them I'd give them a shout out on the podcast. Um, but I'm not the type who's going to hang out at a sports bar. But I will go watch the Cardinal Cub games that are always blacked out around here. So um i'll go for that but you know i'm not gonna hang out there for you know sunday all day football and stuff like that the food was they don't have a, a full-size kitchen but they have like paninis pizza uh wings so the the food's the food's good the drinks are good and uh i mean peely we are we are the party central <laughs> of Peavely, Missouri, I guess. So what a shout out to that. I, I had my first job at, my first job was in Peavely, Missouri. I uh, worked at a truck stop called Robin Hood in high school. Remember the the truck stop Robin Hood? It looked like the a cottage from the, the book. No, it's over where your McDonald's is now because all the you, trucks would park there. You need to understand, I barely knew this town existed 15 years ago before I got married. Uh <laughs> my wife is firmly entrenched in Peavely. Her, her she, late, would know, she would know Robin Hood. She yeah, was the it. mayor at one time. Um, her grandfather helped name the streets. So she was not moving out of Peavely. So we got married. I moved here. So um, no, I, I don't remember Robin Hood. So All right. All right. shout out to Robin Hood. JJ, is there anything happening in Cardinal News? Oh, yeah. Look, we took a nap and look what happens, man. And first of all, I think there is such a shortage of pitching and so few free agent pitchers out there. People are on top of it now. Every, everybody's going after the big the big ring. They're trying to get Otani and Yamamoto and Snell and, and Nola. And uh, by the way, the Phillies didn't waste any time. They signed Nola to a seven-year deal. And from everything I've read and heard, there was sort of, hoping for a six-year deal, but there was so much competition for him. Nola wanted to stay with the Phillies, but uh, they had to sweeten the deal a little bit to get him, you know, to make sure he did come back and they gave him a seven-year deal. I uh, hope that works out. He's been perfect for Philadelphia. I, as a baseball fan, first and foremost, I like to see players stay with a team. You know, I always, when I think of the Cubs, man, I, there's so many people I think of. I don't want to give away the picture in the back of this, but Ernie Banks and Ryan Sandberg and Maddox and Sutcliffe and Sosa and Daw Dawson played with many teams, but I think of him as a Cub that one year he had that was so great. So I'd like to see a, a, a player stay with a team. Now, in Cardinal News, hello, Cardinal News fans. Uh, I'm going to go kind of chronologically what happened while we were out. Um, we had a Rule 5 guy last year from the Mexican League named Wilkin Rodriguez, who was Man, the last couple of years, he pitched great in Mexico. He came up, he was in spring training, he got hurt, he was out the whole year. They released him, but they re-signed him, and he will be coming to spring training. And uh, as you know, we lost over 40 games in the late innings due to our bullpen, and I think there was a lot of things that went on there. Uh, but uh, having him in the bullpen, I think, can only make us better, or he'll go to Memphis and work on some stuff and be back up. So we'll see. I think he, that's a good a good signing for us is having him come back because when I seen him pitch, he looked pretty darn good and looked at his statistics. Now this was in the Mexican league though. Things can change in the MLB, but we'll see. 
Uh, also, the, the Cardinals released four players. Uh, some of them were a few surprises. Uh, Jake Woodford, they they went ahead and just, uh, I think it was DFA'd him. Dakota Hudson, who's been with us for a while, had some moments where he looked like he was going to be really good. But the last couple of years, he's basically been in the minors and used when we needed a, a spot start or something like that. Uh, I hope these guys catch on with other teams. Uh, Juan Yespiz who uh, when Pujols was here his final year really took a liking to this kid. He said he was like the baby Pujols, but that didn't happen. <laughs> but I am I think he's got – he had a chance to make the team. In my, I talked to some friends, and they said, well, you know, he really didn't get a chance with the Cardinals. But last spring training, we, half our team was in the WBC somewhere playing on a team around the world, and Yespis had every opportunity to solidify his spot. And uh, he, he was just – he he just uh, – there was people who – performed better than him so now he's gone and the other one that kind of surprised me was Andrew Kisner uh he's been up here for a while we do have some catchers coming and I thought maybe he would be in a deal where we could trade and you know there's always these names like Glasnow and Bieber and uh oh man the Dodgers have so many uh young guys uh, uh who's the other one there's another one they always mention in those deals but Kisner, anyway, I thought maybe in a group deal we could trade him, but they went ahead and just released him because it looks like now Herrera will be the backup and spend, and sharing time with Contreras behind the plate, which is great. Uh, Herrera hit 297 in the minors, uh, paid his dues. He's been down there for a while, and he was just too good to keep in Memphis. So I thought the Cardinals were either going to trade Kisner or Herrera and get one of these uh, top young pitchers. Well, that didn't happen. So – Anyway, we released those four guys. I wish them the best. They've been uh, great, great to watch them and and uh, from as a fan uh, to get to know them as much as a fan can. And it was an honor to have them a part of the Cardinal organization. And that's just part of the business. Uh, players kind of come and go. Now we're getting to the meat of the meat of the Cardinal news. Now, Vince, are you ready for this? We needed pitching. We needed pitching. And uh, last we, last year's rotation, we lost Montgomery. May I think made a pretty good trade. And got some young players, and he went on to Texas and becomes a legend and pitches like a champion. And the Rangers are champions, and good for him. But we got some good young players. We he was we weren't going anywhere last year, so I, I like that trade. And we lost Flaherty to the Orioles, and I was never really a Flaherty guy, but uh, he did have a half a season that was really really good. But he's gone now. And then of course Wayno and. The thing about Wayno is he's a legend. He's a Cardinal legend. And sometimes at the end of your career, sometimes they hang on a year or two long. I was glad to see him get his 200th win. But last year, he just struggled. He was hurt a lot. He did get his fifth win, which I'm glad about. And he got his 200th win. He's just been a great Cardinal. But there at the end, it was just kind of because he was a legend, he stayed on the team. So those three guys are gone, and we needed pitching, and we need some veterans, and we need somebody who knows what they're doing. And the first guy that we got in the chronological order was Lance Lynn. Now, Lynn, had, in his career, I know I've been looking – Vince, have you been listening to all these podcasts talking about the Cardinal moves and how this is what – I get I get about 60% this. Oh, my gosh. They're just getting the low-hanging fruit. What are they doing? Lance Lynn, his best days are behind him. He's 36 years old. Uh, anyway, it's, you probably heard that, too. Yeah. You know, yeah, you've heard that, too. Not only did I hear it, I said it. <laughs> don't hold back, Me Vince. Me, too. <laughs> don't, don't hurt my feelings, Vince. 
All right. I will say this about Lance Lynn, though. He is a veteran. He's been around. If you look at his uh, last year, he had 13 quality starts, which is six innings with three or less runs scored. If you do that, you're going to keep your team in the game, and I think that's a big upgrade from what we had before. So if you take Flaherty out and put Lynn in, I like that move right there. It's a one-year deal. We've got some good young pitchers coming, and I think the Cardinals are sort of doing what the Texas Rangers did. They went and got a bunch of pitching, and they had a lot of injuries, but these guys like John Gray and other guys filled in. They were long relievers. They came in. They pitched. I'm not comparing us to the Texas Rangers. Please believe me, I'm not. But it, their model of how they handle their starting pitching uh, may be something we're doing. We'll, we'll just have a lot of starters, and these guys are our five best. These guys be in the bullpen, you know, and we'll just kind of go at it like that because it's 162 games. So, anyway, I got Lance Lynn last year. He played for two teams. He was with the White Sox and the Dodgers. He did pitch better. The White Sox weren't very good either. But when he went to the Dodgers, he pitched a little bit better. Uh, positives, 13 quality starts. He's a 12-year veteran. He's seen everything, done everything. He's been he's been a Cardinal before. He knows how it is. He's a good guy to have in the uh, in, on the bench and in the locker room. I know that only goes so far. That's what people always say when they make a mediocre uh uh acquisition they say well he's a good team guy but i truly think he is a, uh, a good team guy spent six years here he's had 11 winning seasons and a lot of them are like 13 11 13 and 10 that's a winning season um he um now last year his he, he does pitch a lot of innings and if we can i think our bullpen could be better if our starters can go six or seven innings instead of four and five instead of getting 12 outs and just getting six Maybe they'll take less ta ta taxing on our bullpen. So that's my strategy on that. But he had 32 starts. He shows up. He pitches a lot of games. Uh, you know, I know we've had players in the past. And Vince, I'll, I'll mention J.D. Drew. If he didn't feel it or he had some nagging injuries, he just didn't show up. Now, I know he ain't a pitcher, but there are players out there who don't show up. And Lance Lynn will take the ball and give you everything he's got. The one thing, though, his ERA keeps climbing. And he gave up, uh, I think, a, a major league leading home runs. San Luis yep. is a little bit bigger, but not bigger in L.A. L.A. is a big stadium, too. We can't make excuses. He gave up two home runs per nine innings. Strikes out a lot of guys. Walk, it's like a two and a half strikeouts per walk. Um, I'm okay with that. Now, can Lance Lynn be a part of a winning team? Uh, yeah. What, is he an ace? No. But he is an upgrade from what we have. Max, what do you think? Uh, I, go ahead. Hit, be honest with me. Hit yeah, I mean, me. he's super durable. I'll <laughs> say that he, he started 32 <laughs> games. He threw almost 200 innings. But they weren't quality, um, I would say. Granted, his projected stats for next year are not as bad as they were this year. It's still an ERA close to five, approaching five. Um, his K rate is about league average now. Um, and this kind of environment it's it's exactly the average it's 50th percentile um i mean he's he's there for depth i mean you need someone who's going to throw innings that's just how that works um he'll be better than anyone kind of simmering in triple a he's an established big league starter who can you know he can turn things around it's a one-year deal there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal so no i'm fine with it yeah you know i know there's no guarantees either like a lot of times there's very few people that, okay, Fergie Jenkins. Fergie's going to go out there. You pretty kind of know what Fergie's going to do. 
But last year, I remember there were so many people go, oh, the Cardinals, why didn't they go get Rondon? Well, he got hurt. He didn't have a very good year. Uh, DeGrom was out, you know, oh, not DeGrom, well, DeGrom, but Max Scherzer. We could have went out and spent a lot of money on Scherzer, but he got hurt too, and he's an older pitcher. So I know there's no guarantees, and uh, there's that kid from Toronto who was up for the Cy Young, and then last year he just lost it. So there's no guarantees. I think this is a safe acquisition, uh, and probably at worst, he probably pitched about 500 and go eight and eight or something like that. So as a, as uh, ascending, helping the team out, I think that was a decent a decent move. I know it's not moving the needle. A lot of the Cardinal fans, man, we want Otani as a starter and Yamano, Yamamoto as a number two. But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. If we got one of them, that would be fantastic. But we're not going that. And I think because there's such a shortage of pitching, of these teams, like I think the Cubs and the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Phillies and the Red Sox, especially the Red Sox, they don't, they don't have much pitching either. Uh, they're all focused on the top three guys, and there's going to be like a bid war. And I've heard uh, so many things like uh, uh, Otani says, if you let leak information that I'm negotiating with you, you're off the table. I don't know. That's hard to keep quiet these days with all the, you know, uh, you know, all the media and everything. So I don't know how that's going to work. So I'll shut up about Lance Lynn and move to our second acquisition, which was like the next day. And it was Kyle Gibson and Kyle Gibson. Nice guy. I think he has some ties to St. Louis knows a lot of the, the guys and everything. Uh, same kind of acquisition, to be honest with you. He's 36 years old, one year deal. Um, and uh, he actually, pitched for the Orioles last year that was a good team and win loss wise he had a nice season uh he was 15 and 9 with a, but his ERA was 4.73 hmm. I know 4.73 uh there was a lot of innings uh his whip was uh 1.32 that's kind of high he had 17 quality starts I always pay attention to that can you pitch deep into a game and keep the runs low and he had 17 quality starts so he had a better year than Lynn and uh, and that was 17 quality starts out of 33 starts. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, again, that's not all, all-star team. But if you take him and put him where Wayno's spot was, that's a huge upgrade. And it's just not these three guys we picked up, plus Michaelis and um, and Mats. We also have uh, Livator and that Zach Thompson, who I like a lot. I actually think he's better in the bullpen. But he's also on there. And McCreevy coming up possibly so there's like eight guys fighting for those five uh uh starting spots so um max how do you feel about kyle gibson what, what do you think about him he's pretty much he's a very similar <laughs> pitcher to lynn i mean at, at, at in terms of their career at this point um and what you would expect for them uh, i will say that gibson does have he has a little bit more potential he's got a really nice breaking ball um he doesn't walk a lot of guys and he gets like a lot that. of ground balls so it, slightly better granted still an era approaching five not you know a fantastic but you know he'll give you six innings of three or four run ball and you know that's that'll keep you in it that's all we can ask just keep us in it be solid be consistent you know um he reminds me of a style of pitcher like bob gibson you know he stands straight up he's got that kind of body type and he reminds me uh, not Bob Gibson. I'm so sorry. Forgive me, Cardinal fans. Bob Forsh. 
He reminds me of a Bob Ford. Look at Vince over there laughing. I was hey. thinking, where the heck are you going with this? Hey, I got half the name right. I got the first name right. All right. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm from Arkansas. Give me a break. Bob Porsche. <laughs> but he reminds me of Bob Porsche, the way he throws, the way he pitches, you know. He's that type of pitcher. And that is why our defense is so important this year because these guys are a pitch to contact. And my one plea to the Cardinals this year is put a guy in a position and leave him there. I don't know if they were just trying to be the coolest guy in school and show you, hey, look, Edmund can play third. We're going to move him to center field and then they'll play second the last two innings. Just leave the guys where they are. Let Contreras catch and Herrera catch. Now, Contreras could play first, or he could fill in somewhere else, probably DH and a lot too. But Herrera, let that kid catch. You know, he'll probably get to start a couple of day, times a week and learn from Contreras. And uh, maybe Yachty will be here too, working with these guys. So that'll be good. And, you know, you got Arenado and Goldie on the corners. And I say, let Wynn play short. No matter, this is a learn experience. And if Walker and Wynn can grow and become better, because I think they will. This could be a pretty good team. And then at second, I play Edmund at second. You know, I'll let Lars take center and Walker. And, you know, we got a ton of guys that can play left. So we'll see. But the defense has to be better and more consistent. And this two years ago, we won the best team glove. The last year, we were terrible. And then, so anyway, that's my piece on that. And the final signing, I kind of like this, was Sonny Gray. Now, I think in the top tier free agents were out there, Sonny Gray was kind of like, hmm. Like you have A pluses and A's and A minuses. I think he was an A minus, you know, on that top tier. He was kind of right there. And he wanted to come to St. Louis. Um, he's got a lot of ties here. He played for Mizzou. Vince, is that correct? He played for Mizzou yeah. in college. So he's got a lot of ties here, which is great. He said all the right things. Of course, when you're having a press conference to a new team, you're going to say you're happy to be here and you wanted to be here. And that's nice. So uh, Sonny Gray, uh, I'm, I'm very excited. He finished second for the Cy Young in the American League. I think he'll be a great leader. He'll give you everything he has. Will he be the true ace? Um, I don't think we have a choice right now. He is the ace of the staff. Uh, he had, um, uh, let's see, 183 strikeouts and 55 walks and 17 quality starts. So he's going to be in there. He's going to give you a chance. And if these guys can get to the seventh inning and give our bullpen maybe just the eighth and ninth, you know, because last year we lost over 40 games out of that bullpen in late innings. We went, if we just lose half of those games, we're hanging, we're hanging in there. You know, we're going to give everybody a fight. Now, I know as a Cardinal fan, this is all, I, I realistically, I know you want to, you want a team that can win the World Series. And every year you, uh, you know, that's just unrealistic. You know, I know there's the Dodgers and the Braves on paper, the Dodgers and the Braves are just out there, but, um, there's years that we want it where we things happen, magic happens. That happened for Arizona this year and a little for Texas too. So while I have this I, I moment, I would like to um, uh, post this. The Cardinals really have never had what you call a pitching staff. People were just terrified of, it, it, except back in the '60s. In the '60s, we had Dick Hughes, Steve Carlton, Ray Washburn, Bob Gibson, and uh, Larry. Jaster and these guys, man, that was a really good pitching staff in the 60s. We went to three World Series. But if you look at our last three World Series teams that won the World Series, uh, this, I mean, uh, you had Andrew Hart and Forsh in 1982, and they both won 15 games. You have Steve Mura, who was 12 and 11, 
And John Stuper, who at that time was a, a very young pitcher, he went nine and seven. And Dave LaPointe was a young guy too, and he went nine and three. Now, in that bullpen, you had Lottie and Daly and Suter as well. We had a great bullpen back then, but our starting pitching when we won an A2 wasn't knocked down. We just had great defense and we, we scored a lot of runs because of our speed. But uh, in 06, I don't think our pitching staff was one of the top half of the pitching staffs. And we went in there and won the thing. And and it was uh, Carpenter, um, Marquis, Supan, um, let's see, Reyes, and Mark Mulder. And that was the 06 team. And in 11, it was Carpenter, Jaime Garcia, Kyle Loesch, uh, Jake uh, Westbrook, and... Um, and there was Jackson on the team too, and he was only five and two. So our pitching staff has never been the strength of our team, uh, even in our winning years. Uh, we have some moments that they do do good, but it's just we're usually defense and hitting and speed and and a nice pitching staff. You know, not like the Dodgers and the Braves. Are you guys when you want it, man? You guys had a real good pitching staff. But uh, anyway, so that's it on that. And then I have two other pieces of news, baseball news that's non-Cardinal related. Uh, for all the collectors out there, Topps Baseball Cards has a special uh, trade-in thing, the MVPs. If you uh, go to a card show uh, shop and you trade in Otani or Acuna, they will give you, uh, they'll buy them back from you and give you store credit and you can trade it in. They're trying to kind of build the hobby and everything doing that. And it, I think that's a great thing, you know? So if you've got, uh, seven uh, Akunas, you could go, you know, go in there and trade them back in for six, get some money and get some more packs of cards or whatever you want to do. That's pretty cool. And then, uh, <laughs> Vince, I had to ask you about this. They have a new baseball league called Baseball United. Have you heard of this? Yes. It's uh, basically an old timers league. And Bartolo Colon is pitching over there. There's four teams. And in the first inning, he set them down one, two, three. And some of the players was, uh, D.D. Gregorius and uh, and uh, Cano was one of the other players. Yeah, so Cano. Cano he's, over yeah. 50, <laughs> he's over 50 years old. Still got that, you know, he's got that on him. He's still out there doing it. He went three innings, two runs. That's pretty cool. I'd watch him if they were around. I'd go out and watch him. So anyway, <laughs> that's Cardinal News, and I'd like to hear what you guys think. And be honest. I, I You know, that's what we're here. We're here just okay. to I'll be honest. I think and it I'm, improved, but I just, you know. I We've been doing yeah. this for over a year. I, I I don't get on here and just trash the Cardinals because I'm a Cub fan. This is my honest assessment right. of things. Um, The Cardinals now have an ace, and you said about an A minus. I, I, okay, I can buy that. And then they have threes, fours, and fives that there's 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 a disconnect um between your first starter and your second starter they're all older Lynn throws almost nothing but fastballs and at his age they're not getting any faster um I did not like the signing but I understood the signing he's a he's going to be a four starter and he's going to eat innings and the Cardinals desperately needed that last year I like the Gibson signing even less. I thought, why are why are you signing this? And I, Max and I were texting, and I said, the 
the the baseline that the Cardinals have to do to save some face is sign Sonny Gray. If they don't sign Sonny Gray, and they did, so that does that does save the, some face a little bit. Jose Locke said he wanted three to get three arms in. He's got three arms in. He's got three arms that should eat innings. But this is not signings that's going to win you a playoff spot. I'm not saying that the Cardinals aren't going to make the playoffs. I'm saying these are not the signings that will do it unless you catch lightning in a bottle, which is really hard to do for older players to go a full season. They will have flashes, but to go a full season and be consistently better when you're trending downward, and I'm talking about Gibson and I'm talking about Lynn at this time, it's very difficult to count on that. So saying all that to say this, as, as, as a baseball fan, I see the Cardinals saying, we're not going to contend this year. We're bringing in a couple guys to eat innings while we get some player development. Um, the second thing that this is telling me is for a team that has a log jam of outfielders, that they don't know what to do. Why wasn't why wasn't there a trade to get a better pitcher than a Kyle Gibson? Um, which brings me back to, I don't know if the rest of the league see Cardinal prospects or Cardinal, this log jam of outfielders as highly as the Cardinals do. Because I would have thought they would have tried to package together some of these young players for a two or a three instead of a Gibson who I think pitched one inning in the playoffs. I mean, their playoff appearance was brief, but just pitched one inning in the playoffs. Um, so I wasn't enamored with it. Um, the Cardinals seem to be without saying it, we're in a we're we're in a mode where we're gonna try to let some young players percolate and filter in and see what we got. And then maybe by year two, year three of that contract for uh Sonny Ray, then we'll be a contender, a serious contender. This is the central. The Cubs as they stand right now are not the best team in the central. Nobody's the best team in the central. So um if we do sign us, if we do sign Otani or get Soto or, or we do one of those things, yeah, that's going to up our stock quite a bit. We'll be a serious contender. But right now, as it stands today, um Cardinals got as good a shot as anybody, but of course the free agency season has not really ramped up yet. Um, except for the Cardinals. Boy, they Boom, boom, boom. We were, yeah, grand but that, that's that's my honest assessment of it. What they may think? not be done either. There could be something else coming. I don't know what the asking price is for some of these players, too. Maybe as time goes on and they keep negotiating because the winter meetings are next week. So we might see some groundwork laid or some moves made next week. If they goal. trade for a two, um, then I'll then I'll I'll get my head up and start paying attention a little bit. As they sit right now, if they stand put, it's 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 better than last year, but it's not impressive. Max, your thoughts? That's I don't want to be the only yeah. jerk. In this podcast. <laughs> no, I'll I'll be a little bit of a jerk here. Uh, okay. 
my biggest concern is that the Cardinals, their payroll right now is about as high as it's ever been. It'll it'll be sitting their luxury tax payroll is about two hundred thirteen million dollars. I they haven't blown past that number in the past, and so when you allocate AV wise, you know forty million to yeah, granted it's forty million for one year, but what else can they add in free agency? They can't. They're not going to be able to splurge on you know impact talent. They Sonny Gray's impact talent, but he pitches, you know, once every five days. You have to fill out the roster, and yeah, there's there's a log jam in the outfield, but they're not, you know, you're, it's not like you got three Julio Rodriguez's out there. You know, it's 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 a little bit difficult. And I'll be I'll be a bit of a Lynn hater, like, but you look at the 2021 Cubs and their rotation. It was horrible. It was Jake Arrieta. You had Zach Davies, who didn't want to pitch. It was bad. And Kyle Hendricks was hurt. And you had guys like Keegan Thompson making starts, like 10 starts. That This Cardinals rotation is like that, but with like an ace, uh, with, uh, with a number one. They've got these guys who are just kind of over the hill. I mean, you can't... When, when, when someone looks as coked as Lance Lynn did, he gave up the most home runs in, you know, in the league. Uh... Funny enough, Sonny Gray gave the least amount of home runs in the AL, so they've got two different sides of the spectrum. It's just tough. I mean, Lynn's fastball just got, you know, destroyed. He gave up four home runs or whatever in one playoff start. Like, you can't depend on your rotation to have these guys. Yes, they're going to give you innings, but they're not going to be quality, and you need to something to win games. And everyone's getting older. You know, Goldschmidt's getting older. Arenado's getting older. When you, I, I don't know. I just their their average rotation age the, of a guy in the rotation is thirty five, which is crazy. I don't, I don't know. Like I get it. Yeah, was it like said he had three starters? He added three starters, so I'll give him that. But that they really need to swing some nice trades here. And it's it's also tough because we are in. People are buying. There are so many teams buying right now because of the expanded playoffs, and they're competing against teams with better farm systems and better resources, well, maybe more appealing free agent destinations that aren't in the Midwest. They have to compete with all these other teams that are spending tons of money and who have better prospects. Can they put together a cease package when, you know, you have the Dodgers and Braves in? It's going to be hard. It's just, it's difficult. I don't envy their position. Yeah, I, for a number two starter, could you package something to get a Dylan Cease? Um, you can't with the White Sox because in order to get a number two starter, I think they're going to have to part with Arenado, which I think they're willing to do. But the White Sox are not going to take on Arenado's contract. So that's going to limit who the suitors are going to be for, for a third baseman. And also, I see Arenado being a trade deadline piece where they can maximize um, his 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 value. So, um, you know, good luck to them. They got to be better than last year. They have to be better than last year. And like I said, it's today it's wide open. Um, but we'll see where it sits when they break camp because every team in the division, the rosters are going to be a little different than what their 40 man says now. A lot of rumors out there. I've heard my friend. (laughs) Yes. Hey, this is what's great about 
our passion about it is being honest. What would we do? Even during the game, you're talking, I would do this. I'd hit and run here. I'd steal. I'd bunt. I'd sacrifice the guy over. I'd let him swing. I mean, that's just from each out, each in each season, you know, you're putting your two cents. I mean, it's just, that's the great thing about baseball. It's so uh, pastime where you can just sit back and as the game unfurls, you can say, I would have done this. Of course, I'm wrong more than I'm right. But there's so many rumors right now. I've heard the Reds and the Cubs uh, possibly making some trades. I've heard Corbin Burns' uh, name popping up. I've heard other players with the Cardinals. I've heard maybe uh, one of the moves would be with Mats and some of the guys in a trade uh, making a move. So we've got this kid, uh, Brooks, this catcher, who was the defensive catcher of the, of the year in double-A ball. Uh, his name's Crooks, uh, Jamie Crooks the third. Anyway, so we do have a few players, and I know that Victor Scott, the second, I wouldn't want to get rid of him, but he looks like our future center fielder because he stole, I think, over 85 bases last year. So we do have some prospects down there, so we'll see. It looks like maybe you're right. In a couple of years, it, next year might even be more of an upswing for us, but we'll see. And uh, the Dodgers have made a – I hear rumors that uh, the Dodgers are very interested in Arenado. So I don't know. We'll yeah. find out find out it's gonna be fun it's what a what an offseason Vince if this is the beginning of the offseason and it keeps up like this we're gonna have a lot to talk about and I I can't wait man this, this is gonna be a good time I mean, um I think we find out the draft order also at the winter meetings and the Cardinals as it stands right now would be to get the fifth pick so I guess it's one good thing about being crappy last year is we get a good pick <laughs> I uh I was listening to a podcast and they had an insider from the Brewers that the Brewers should definitely open for business. Um, I think so. Woodruff says he's going to pitch this year. Um, doctors say, yeah, probably not. Um, but players seem to come back from injuries uh, quicker than than they used used to. And I know this I is a this is this is a this is an injury that takes time. I mean, there's no. How long was Hendricks out with it? You know. Ooh, I mean. He missed almost all of 2022, I want to say. Yeah. So it's it's not an easy injury, but he says he's, he'll be back. But Woodruff's a free agent, um, so there's there's a possibility that you know if you if you think he's a part of your future, you may not get him this year. But it would be a, a good signing for someone who's got long term aspirations. Uh, Corbin Burns, uh, according to this insider, is on the block. Uh, he doesn't want to be there and uh, they don't want to pay him, um, which is evident by they uh, squabbled over 750,000, which really pissed them off uh, during arbitration. So uh, Corbin Burns uh, could be had with the right price. But then again, I don't see the Brewers going in division unless it's something that really blows them away. And uh, I don't know if the Cardinals have anybody they want to part that, you know, like Victor Scott II or the third or whichever, whichever Victor Scott we have. Um, I don't we got think a lot of seconds and thirds, yeah. Part with that, so. Uh, I think he's it, only got one-year contract, too. Well, just one year on his contract, I think, is all he's yeah. got right now. In uh, Cub News, uh, the, the thing that has me excited is we keep seeing a lot of smoke surrounding Bo Bichette. And I've seen uh, packages that would have uh, Christopher Morrell, Owen Casey, and uh, either Kate Horton or PCA 
a package like that to get Bo Bichette. That's way too much. Um, what would you do for Bo Bichette? He's going to hit you 320 home runs. Um, he's going to solidify third base. What would you give up for him? I mean, I give up got, a lot, but... Got two years of control, too. Mm-hmm. The big thing is that prospects of that caliber don't get traded anymore. You're not going to lose PCA or my personal best pitching prospect in baseball behind uh, Paul Skeens. You don't lose guys like that anymore. I mean, it'd be it'd be probably a couple top five guys, um, you know, their pick. I don't see the Jays doing it. Um, they, they'd be certainly selling high on him. So I think it's just smoke. I'm, I'm much more interested in the Glasgow and uh, the Glasgow smoke because that seems way more tangible, and the price on him would be, I don't think it would be what people would expect um, for an ace of that caliber. See, I'm coming from a different perspective. I would do Morel, Casey, and one of the uh, one of the two big ones because you're going to solidify third base. Um, it, I mean, you've already probably got the best infield in baseball with with garbage playing third base, and so with Bichette up there, and I know he's a shortstop, but um, he's a shortstop with a cannon. So if he's playing third, he certainly has the arm for it. And he's probably going to lead the league in hits. He's going to hit 300. He's not going to walk much, but he's got some pop in his bat. Um, but when I look at a lineup, and this is without Otani, this is without Soto, um, this is without anybody like that. When I see we could lead off with uh, um, a uh, gosh, with with a Horner, and then hit Bichette second, and then go down the line and we can get Dansby Swanson more into that six or seven hole, that's going to lengthen our lineup a bit. And uh, I, I, I just love the possibilities, but you know, at this mm, point, I, I mean, I love the possibility too, but I uh, think about like the Juan Soto trade. That was, that was like three top 100 prospects with, with what Hassel being like top, top 50. I want to say like, and that was for Juan Soto with like three years of control. So like I, I don't think it would be that expensive. I mean, it would probably be, it would be someone who's a major league contributor, Morel. Morel. It would be one probably either one top fifty ish prospect, which would be Casey, or you could probably get away with two top one hundred prospects, which could be like Matt Shaw and Ben Brown or something like that. Whichever, whoever they like. But PCA and Kate Horton are just untouchable right now. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna put Bichette at third, Matt Shaw's trade. Yeah, yeah he's, that, he's that's, squeezed out, which sucks because I absolutely love his bat right now. Yeah. Um. So, I I mean that's that's gonna be interesting to watch. I, the fact is, the Blue Jays, Bichette or Guerrero Jr., one of those two has to go because they can't afford to pay him. So Guerrero is much more likely to be traded, in my opinion. I. No one's going to want to give him a huge contract as a first baseman. You know, he, he has a uh, Prince Fielder written all over him. And he even kind of. He, he's all, yeah, he's already. Yeah, he's already slowing down. Um, I don't want to trash the guy, but I, I you asked me uh, a year ago. Oh, yeah, I'd love him. But now I'm thinking, oh, man, I don't know if I want to 
it, it, it just seems like this can crash and burn pretty quick. So um, we also have the rumor that uh, Reese Hoskins, who missed the, I guess, basically the entire season with uh, the Phillies, he's a free agent. And uh, there's a lot of rumors connecting him with the Cubs to play first base. Uh, which obviously doesn't impress Max because he just got mad. Well, <laughs> I'm just refilling my water bowl. Actually, I'm very interested in Reese Hoskins. Yeah, uh, Reese Hoskins coming off an injury. Uh, you can get him on a pillow contract and see what he's got left in his tank, much what we did with Cody Bellinger. So uh, I'm I'm down rotten with that. So uh, Cubs signed Edwin Escobar out of Japan, a left-hander who last pitched in the majors, I think, in 2017. Um, but he seems to be one of these relievers who's went to Japan and found himself. Um, and uh, that would be a, a great asset to have a left-hander because, man, man, we had some problems last year, especially after Leiter Jr. Uh, lost his uh, splitter. And and he's a right-hander, but he basically pitched like a left-hander for us. So um, so we have that. Uh, so that that's an addition that uh, will be another arm in spring training. Hopefully we'll be a contributor. Um, and of course, uh, the uh, Shane Bieber and Tyler Glass now uh, um, trade rumors are kind of heating up and the Cubs and the Reds seem to be tied to those. Um, I really like Bieber. Um, Glass now I like too. Um, so we'll see. But mm -hmm. I, Glass I now scares me a little bit. He has... Can I tell you when he's on the mound and he's healthy, as good as anybody? That guy looks fantastic, but he does have a history of injuries, and that gives me a moment to pause there. Because if you're going to give a lot up for him, I don't, you know, I guess you, everything you take is a gamble. But that scares me a little bit. His history of uh, injuries and the way he throws, and but his stuff is electric. It's electric. That's the number one setting there. If he plays all year, he could have a heck of a year. See, See? I, what I like about the last out trade is that the the Rays don't have that much leverage because they they're going to trade him. He's he's going to get paid twenty five million dollars. If he doesn't, the Rays aren't going to do that. So, and it's a expiring contract, and he's an injury history. I think you're not going to give up much for him. In fact, I really I heard I I saw Wisniewski for last now makes a ton of sense for both teams. Wisniewski is the type of guy that you know he's got that crazy crazy sweeper type thing, whatever. The Rays love that. It could be that plus other pieces. It could be like, you know what, all the prediction right now, I'll probably be wrong. BJ Murray and Wisniewski for glass now, right now. Predicting it. It's going to happen. Right there. I'll there we go. We'll see it. I'll write it down. Uh, <laughs> you, you know who's not going to get traded this offseason? Nobody touches this guy. That's right. David Jeremy Connor will not be traded. Oh, my pen is green. Jeremy Conner will not be traded. So, anyway. Comes a time in every man's life when he needs some advice on relationships. You need to listen to the podcast DMDR, which stands for Dating, Marriage, Divorce, Remarriage, from my good friend, Jeremy Conner, the Dr. Phil of the Boot Hill. You can find DMDR on Spotify or whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Okay, we're going to revisit our preseason picks and see how inept we hit, we were as far as oh. our picks. And... Uh, <laughs> 
Who wants to start? <laughs> I'm trying to remember who I picked now. I, do you have them written down, Vince? I have mine written down. Oh, Max man. Yours. I remember a few of them, but I don't have them written down. All right, let me tell you what I wrote down. Okay. I had the Padres beating the Mariners in the World Series. Didn't happen. It did not happen. Who was that again? The Mariners and the Blue and uh, and who was the Padres team? beating the Mariners? Now this is right. this was my East. I had the Mets winning the East, followed by the yeah. Phillies and the Braves, with the Marlins and the Nationals picking up. Yeah, had the Cardinals winning the Central, followed by the Brewers and the Cubs, the Pirates and the Reds. In the West, I had the Padres with the Giant with the uh, Dodgers in the wild card. Then the Giants, the D-backs in fourth place, and the Rockies. In the AL, I had the Yankees winning the East, the Blue Jays uh, getting the wild card, the Orioles finishing third, but the Orioles had the Rays finishing fourth, and they made the the playoffs. Um, The Central, I did pick the Twins, and the Twins won. Very good. Um, In the West, I had the Astros with the Mariners and the Rangers having uh, wild card berths. Then I had the Padres beating the Mariners in the World Series. Well, I took uh, my World Series prediction was the Blue Jays winning the World Series, uh, beating the Atlanta Braves. Boy, I didn't know what I was talking about. And Hey, you had two playoff teams, though. Yeah, I did have two playoff teams. That's <laughs> true. But some of my biggest mistakes is I had the Indians winning the Central because the year before, they really just looked young and they were That's growing. a huge mistake. The Indians yeah. don't exist anymore. They're the Guardians oh, now. The Guardians. I'm sorry. I'm old. I'm old. Yeah, I think I'm 30, but I'm not 30 anymore. But yeah, the Guardians. The I had the Guardians winning the Central, and also I did not pick Arizona. To uh, I picked them fourth place as well, Vince. I didn't see it coming. I picked the only reason I picked didn't put them last because Colorado I thought would be terrible, and they weren't very good this year. So I kind of blew it on those picks too. Uh, I just liked Atlanta. I just thought they were the cream of the crop. And during the regular season, they were. But, uh, man, things happen in the playoffs in the tournament, as we call it. Not the playoffs anymore. The tournament and all that. Cardinals didn't even sniff. We were Basically, we were out of it. Probably uh, wait, flag day. What do you say when you look at flag, flag day? day? Yeah. yeah, flag day, we were, we were uh, making plans for uh, vacations in October at that time. You remember what you had, Max? No, I don't. I just remember I remember my MVP picks, but uh, I don't remember what I picked for teams. Well, for the awards for Rookie of the Year, <laughs> I was a homer. I picked Hayden Wisniewski from the Cubs. Didn't happen. Corbin Carroll. Um, and I picked Masataka Yoshida for the Red Sox. First, He had a great first half made the All-Star game. Fell off the table in the second half, um, and uh, Henderson won that. Uh, anybody remember what they picked up for rookies? I am a homer as well. I said Jordan Walker from the Cardinals. He didn't even get in the top three, but I did like his rookie season. But uh, Corbin Carroll, I knew he was the Vegas odds-on choice to win it, but uh, I was, I guess I was thinking with my heart. I wanted him to do it and just be part of the big puzzle that Cardinals were good team this year and i did pick henderson in the american league gunner henderson i did 
pick him. I thought that was kind of a slam dunk. I seen that kid play, and I just man, that kid is terrific. And uh, so I got I was one for two on that one. Remember who you picked, Max? Rookie of the year. Yeah. I I think I remember talking about Carroll, but I don't think I picked him. I think I picked Senga for the NL, just as a good Japanese starter, and he did. He was top three, I think. Uh, for AL, I may have picked. Hmm. I don't want to claim that I picked Gunnar Henderson, but I I was aware of him, which I know that that sounds like I'm cheating, but. Nah, that, that that was that was. I may have said Josh Young actually. I I may have said him. Oh, for Cy Young, good choice. For Cy Young in the National League, I picked Julio Urias. Well, that that aged poorly. <laughs> <laughs> I picked Garrett Cole in the American League. There you go. Oh, there you go. Well, I uh, li- uh, like you in the National League, I was wrong. I picked Logan Webb from the Giants. I love that kid. I think he's fantastic. I think he was a finalist for the Cy Young this year. Wasn't top he? Was he top five. He was top five. Okay, so Logan Webb, I got close, but no cigar. But just like you, Vince, I picked Garrett Cole to win the uh, American League. I do think he is, if, if you look at everything you need as a, just taking the ball – facing their best. I do think he's the best pitcher in baseball. I kind of think that was an easy pick to get. So I, I did pick uh, Garrett Cole as well in the American League. So I was one for two on that as well. The best pitcher in baseball is Justin Still. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not going to argue with the Cub guys. <laughs> if I had a choice, though, I'd start Garrett Cole. But Steele's probably got a lot longer, bigger, longer career ahead of him. <laughs> for MVP, I picked Manny Machado of the Padres and Aaron Judge of the Yankees. So I whiffed. Um, I'm trying to remember who I picked. Um, in the American League, I know I picked uh, uh, Ramirez, the third baseman from Cleveland Indians, the RBI machine. I love that guy. And you guys got to see him hit three home runs in one game. And I'm blaming you guys. If you Magic. went to every game three three times 162, man, he would have had a heck of a year. But uh, I pick Ramirez because I absolutely love that guy. Uh, that's just my kind of hitter right there. He he doesn't strike out much, even when he's in there and he fights and fouls balls off. He's just fun to watch. And honestly, I can't. I'm 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 racking my brain. I can't remember who I picked for the uh, National League MVP. So I have to say I didn't get it right because I would have remembered that. I think. Anyway, did you, did you I, say Austin Riley maybe, or was that my pick? That was it, Austin Riley. Yeah. I went outside the box because everybody always picks the same couple guys, but I like Riley, and he had a slow start, but he came on strong at the end. But uh, he wasn't in the MVP race this year. Thank you. Good, good memory, Max. Yeah, uh, I think I picked Mookie and Shohei Otani, so I was close. Yeah, Got one of them, and the other guy's gonna finish top three. If or I think he did finish top three, so very good. Very good. Well, let's uh let's talk about some takeaways that we had from the season. Um, JJ, what are some of your takeaways? Well, you know, I, there's always just moments that happen, and the two moments that I remember, the one moment I re- I can't get out of my head, 
the game, the the moment I knew this just ain't our year. We were starting to put together like a, a nice winning streak and winning maybe six out of ten, seven. I think there was a moment we won seven out of ten in there. I thought, hey, we got a chance. We were playing you guys. We had the game. Uh, we we were fighting back at the end, and we hit a home run. But your center fielder made sort of highlight film where he went over the fence, caught it, brought it back, and the game was over. And uh, I think it was Alec Burleson had hit the ball, and we were celebrating, and the rug was pulled out from underneath us. And that, if there's a moment that I remember the whole year, it's that particular moment. But the uh, one of my takeaways, too, was when Liam Hendricks came out and pitched. I tell you what, you know, it's just a game, and we're fans, and we love our team, and we want them to do good, and we have players we like. I know uh, Max loves uh, Nico Horner. And, uh, you know, I, I love Ramirez from the, the Guardians. I'm sorry. I almost said Indians. Um, <laughs> but when that happened, I mean, it's <laughs> I know it's just stuck in my head all these years of calling them that. But, uh, you know, it really is these uplifting stories where uh, you're you're kind of dealt a, a horrible hand and you don't know what life's going to happen. And you're able to come back. I think that's inspiring for people. It brought attention to uh, you know the things he went through and everything, and I to me that's like the highlight of the year for me. Him coming back, beating it, and get to play baseball again—that's pretty cool. Max, what are your takeaways from the season as a whole? Yeah, it was a good season. Um, obviously, didn't end the way we wanted to, but I I remember we both said at the beginning of the year that if we were fighting for a playoff spot in August or September, we'd be happy and. Obviously, it sucks we missed, but you know that did happen. We played meaningful, meaningful baseball up until late late September, so it was good. And you know, it was a great year for the farm system. Just love that. And baseball is just getting so much younger. And I think it's so much more important now. You're seeing, you know, this rookie class was so good, and you know, next year's it may not be as good. It may be just as good, but it's just exciting with all these young players coming up and succeeding. Now, speaking of the young players, uh, one of the takeaways that I've had, I started thinking about this in the World Series, um, Corbin Carroll is going to be, barring injury, the next Mike Trout. Power, speed, defense, leadership. He's he's looking like he's going to be the next Mike Trout. Um, I shouldn't say that because you always put a curse on someone, but, man, uh, his skill set is is just like Trout's, and you know, Trout is more muscularly defined, but Corbin is so young. I mean, hey, Corbin's got my build. He's like five foot eight, and he's a he's a smaller fellow. Yeah, he's he's um, put on a little muscle. He's, he's legitimate 30, 40 home run guy. I think um, with all that speed. Um, a few things I, I took away is uh, the, uh, the the rules change was good. Um, the pace of the game picked up. And after about the second week, I never noticed the rules. They were – it's just the game now. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, another takeaway that I have for the season is both leagues, their central divisions, really have the work cut out for them if they're going to compete anytime in the next uh, couple of seasons. And this balanced schedule is really killing these central teams 
uh, besides the Cubs, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, big market teams there. And so now that they're playing the big boys uh, more often and not beating up on, you know, the pirates of the world or the Royals of the world, it's going to be even more difficult for that, for the central division uh, to, uh, to catch up with the uh, rest of baseball. Um, I, another thing, and I, I, I've seen this so many times, but it's just a reminder. When the regular season ends, momentum ends. The first game in the playoffs, you can erase all the momentum in the world, and it's not going to help you. Um, when you look at teams that got hot down the stretch, like the Astros, um, come playoff times, didn't help them. The Orioles played really well uh, the entire season all the momentum in the world, and they bowed out. The Rangers and the Diamondbacks kind of crawled into <laughs> hanging on to that last playoff spot and no momentum at all, and they go in and boom. Uh, so I, that's something I have to remind myself all the time. Momentum stops when the regular season ends and everything's new. Um, and uh, – Another thing that that is, uh, I'll, I'll make this the last thing, the takeaway that I have is that no matter what your record is at the trade deadline, I don't care if you're 10 games up, you've got to improve your team. You just have to. Um, the Rangers picked up Jordan Montgomery, um, and it made all the difference in the world. And at that time, no, they, they were doing okay. Um and I just think about the Orioles, and I know they got Flaherty, but anybody who's seen Flaherty pitch the last couple of years knows that that wasn't a good pickup. They kind of sat on their hands other than Flaherty, and it didn't help them. The Cubs sat on their hands. Mm, eh, a little bit. They still, eh. they still bought and They bought in a position, out of playoff position, so I, you know, props. If they had a better... If they were ten games up, I'm sure they'd be. They would have done more, but they I'm, I'm they they that. they should have added more than Quas in the bull. Yeah, I I know they whiffed on that. So anyway, well, Vince, I have a question. I like the rules, and I'm going to say I was wrong. I don't like the game to change at all. And you were, I remember last year, about right before the season, you were talking about him saying in the Myers it worked. They did a lot of research on this. And you were right. You were right. The time, it really didn't even affect the game. I didn't know how that would work. I don't know the three throws over to first, uh, but okay. And stolen bases did go up. Uh, and I know they're trying to get action and all that. But the one thing I do not like is all the teams in the playoffs. And I know that's not going to change because it's a lot of money being made. But don't put any more teams in the playoffs. This is enough. This ain't the NFL and the hockey and the basketball league. Um, because I think it kind of downgrades the regular season. Uh, you know, you could be a team at 500 and just get just enough and get hop in there at the end. And uh, I don't know if the, the the teams that do real well have that much of an advantage once the thing starts. You know, maybe they could give them all just home games to give them some sort of favoritism for having such a good regular season. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not looking forward to robot dumps so. though. I don't know. But maybe once it happens, it's just like this. We'll be sitting at the end of the year going, man, I love them robot humps. That was great. <laughs> so I, I don't know about that. Um, 
You know, one of my favorite things in baseball is at the end of the year, there's always a passing of the torch. We're always saying goodbye to some of our favorite players and guys that have been around a long time. And there's been a lot of retirement uh, announcements and everything. But, you know, some of those guys, uh, Miguel Cabrera, what a career that guy had. And, uh, you know, he's Hall of Famer right there. But he rode off into the sunset. Nelson Cruz, uh, Kershaw's near the end of his career, but it looks like he's going to stick around a bit longer. And I don't know if he's going to end up with the Dodgers this year. I don't know. They'd be fools to let him go because he's one of their all-time great players. But, you know, baseball is a crazy game. Uh, you know, Verlander and Votto and uh, Max Scherzer, Wayno, a lot of them saying goodbye. And then, just like Max said a while ago, a lot of these great young players, Julio Rodriguez, that's the face of that team. Seems like, you know, we had uh, – Griffey and then Ichiro and now it's Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners I like to see all these teams have a face another great player and kind of carry on the tradition we talked about Corbin Carroll and like you said I've seen some statistics and man I tell you what even with the speed aspect you don't count that man he was like kind of like Lou Gehrig this year he was a leader of the team he came up there he took great at bats he seems so beyond his years as a as a player, he's just a rookie, and he seems like he's the captain of that team. Uh, Acuna Jr., uh, Zach Gallon had a heck of a year, and he's a young guy too. So I just think the state of the game's in a great place right now. We're saying goodbye to these all great players, but we're seeing all this influx of new ones, and there seems like there's a bunch coming, and uh, I can't wait. You know, you guys have a bunch of young, good players. I think we do. I think Wynn and Walker is going to be the face of the team. I hope. I'm probably just genius for the next 10 years so that'll be fun to see this and uh another chapter in in the game and in cardinal and cub history so i do like that and some of the things they have you know they got an advertisement each team has an advertisement on their uniform now i don't mind that if it helps some revenue and the players make more money and the game's in a good spot i'm all for it i like the commercials on the walls that's always been a part of baseball uh, I'm not too crazy about some of the uniforms. Sometimes they have these futuristic uniforms, you know, or uh, city uniforms. I like the classics. There's nothing better than that blue cubby uniform or the pinstripes, the cardinal with the bird on the bat, and the Yankee pinstripes. Don't mess with them. But I guess every once in a while, it ain't such a bad thing. And I'm still not a fan of the DH. Not a fan of the DH at all. I'd rather see pitchers batting, bunting. It's a strategy. I'm old school. That's how I feel. I tell you what, if you can hit as a pitcher, Madison Bumgarner, or Bob Gibson, and Bob Borsch, it help, really helps you out if you can, you know, some pitchers, they look terrible up there, but some can actually handle the bat. Babe Ruth, Otani, huh? Right there. So, anyway. I, I agree with you with my heart, but my <laughs> head says that ship has sailed. Oh, yeah, uh, they're not going back. They're not going back. The union, they're not going back on that. But I do like the game better, and I like the strategies and everything involved in that. I'm with you, Vince, but I know it ain't going back. Once they turn and go somewhere, it's never going to go back. So, oh, well. Well, be Before we get to the baseball cards, um, I do want to say uh, Max is graduating in a few weeks. Yep. Um, so just not much time left in his college career. It's went by fast. Um, so congratulations, Max. And thank you. Uh, your future endeavors are going to be bright. So, um, 
but because he has been in his final semester, we've kind of eased back on the trivia, being that does take a lot of time out of his schedule. But with him getting ready to graduate, uh, we were talking the other day about doing the trivia about the second or third week of of uh, December, doing the trivia round. Um, so if you're out there and you want to uh, uh, play trivia with me and uh, JJ, uh, let one of us know, and uh, we'll put you on here as a trivia player. If we get a lot of people uh, saying they want to play trivia, then we'll you know kind of have a waiting list for you. But uh, as you can see, the bar is pretty low. Um, you can we we can be had. So <laughs> so if you want to get on here and have a good time, play some trivia, let us know. We're going to be bringing that back in two or three weeks. What are you opening up, JJ? Well, I found the trader sets. These are the, the it's like they got uh, group one, group two in the tops cards. Well, this is the traded set. It's guys that came up um, maybe at the beginning of the year or got traded during like right before spring training and their new cards are in this set. So it's the it's the traded set. The update. I'm sorry. It's called updated. So the updated cards are right here. So I got that. It's like the third the third set that comes out this year, which I kind of liked because when they, when I, when you go to a new team, it puts the date you debuted for that team or came up from the minors or something like that. What do you got, Vince? I've got a 1991 tops uh, complete with a, a, a compressed uh, stick of pink insulation, also known as classic tops bubble gum. So, Oh yeah, the, the Russians ain't got nothing on us, man. We got that stuff. It lasts fifty years. Well, first sure. off, I got my package from my uh, good friend, Mister Bill Haggard. He sent me a couple cards. He knew I was working on my Enos Slaughter set, so I'm gonna show them first. Uh, McDonald's had like the top fifty Cardinals of all time, and he sent me the Enos Slaughter uh, McDonald's tops card. So there's old Enos right there, my favorite Cardinal, Enos Slaughter. And then he sent me, which I was shocked to get this. Uh, Steel Perez has these postcards. And they had two sets of them. And this is an autographed Enos Slaughter with the mad dash at the bottom. How about wow. that? How about that? So, man, I got I got both the slaughters from those two sets. That's pretty cool. And now here's the updates. All right, here we go. Oh, they got some classics. They go back in. And this is a reprint, but it's one of the classics. And you guys know this guy very well. I always hate to mention him because there's such hard feelings. Oh, Greg Maddox right there. You can see the Ivy in the background right there. He's thinking about headed to Atlanta. You can see it in his eyes. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Greg Maddox. He did not want to do free agency. He wanted to re-sign with the Cubs. Larry Himes is my problem. So if you ever have a Larry Himes card, that's oh. when I storm off the set. <laughs> All right. All right. I can't bribe. Maybe there's one in here, but I kind of doubt it. All right. <laughs> Uh, an outfielder uh, was a Cardinal at one time. It, now he's a National, Corey Dickerson. Hmm. There he is, old Corey Dickerson in the National outfit. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a uh, – it'll have a rookie debut, and I'm so blind I can't read it. I think this is April 5th of this year, and it's Grayson Rodriguez of the uh, Baltimore Orioles right there. Yeah. So it's got the rookie insignia here, his debut, and then his card right there. And Tops is really good. They put the face here, this, 
And the stats on the back, because he doesn't really have any major league stats yet, it just tells you all about him right there. So these cards are pretty cool. I like that. And I think this kid's going to be the ace of the staff over there in uh, Baltimore, unless they trade for somebody. Uh, you, Max, you may have to help me with this guy. He's a guardian. And this is all new to me, this guardian stuff. But uh, he's a, a pitcher named Peyton Battenfield. I've never heard there. of him. Never heard of him either. That's the thing about these update cards. Some guys, times they only made like a, a had a cup of, cup of coffee up here. Oh, uh, pitcher for the Rangers, Jake Odorizzi. Right From there. Highland, Illinois. Man, how do you know that, man? You've got all these guys' home addresses down. Because my family's from Highland. My mom's oh. family's from Highland. So he's and, like uh, a, they know him there. They, I mean, that's a he's a big deal in town, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, he, he went, I think uh, the Brewers drafted him out of high school. And uh, he was uh, not only an outstanding pitcher, he's an outstanding hitter in high school. So, uh, yeah, he's the pride of Highland, Illinois. All right. Well, very good, man. You never know. We mentioned these guys. You never know who you're going to see. Tanner Bibby. He's really uh, good. He's a, uh, I want to say he was top three in rookie of the year voting. I think bullpen man, right? He was a bullpen fella for for the Guardians. Uh, let me check. All right, what well, we're talking there? I like those. Uh, he uniforms. was a starter. Yeah, twenty five games, two point nine eight ERA. Oh, Solid year. man! I tell you what, them them the Guardians come up with some good young pitchers right there. And if you notice, even. The lettering, it's close to how the older team's name was and everything. So I think I like that that they kept that part of the tradition down. The uniforms don't look that much different. Uh, oh, I forgot Thor wasn't even over there. There's Noah Syndergaard. Oh, Thor about to throw the hammer. And that's another guy. Um, you know, there was a time when about three years where he was fantastic. But uh, like I said, there's no guarantees. Some guys, they're Lincecum, people like that, they're the day in the sunshine is only four or five big years, you know. Uh, here's a, a young player from the uh, Arizona team, Dominic Fletcher, an outfielder. I don't know. Was he on the roster in the in the playoffs? I don't I don't really remember Fletcher, to be honest with you. Um not sure. Not sure. Uh here's a Minnesota twin, Caleb Thillman. And so that's a young player out there. Honestly, I do not know much about some of these guys. Oh, here's a guy who's been around a long time. The Angels pick up so many people. I, so many. That's like a revolving door over there, their roster. But uh, Mike Moore, remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good. He's had a long career, been with a lot of teams. And then they have these all-star cards and what they call stars of the M MLB. And this was your choice for uh, Rookie of the Year, Kota Senga, right there. Ooh. That's a nice card, very nice. glossy and everything. And by the way, when I heard Bellinger, who accepted the award for Comeback Player of the Year, very deserving, uh, he gave Matt Holiday a lot of uh, respect. Evidently, he went down and worked with him during the winter. And maybe Matt Holiday's got a future as a hitting coach because the year before, Matt Carpenter, whose career was – wavering and he was on the way out he went down to work with him over the winter and uh got signed and you know he's still in the league so uh and then he and then Matt Holiday's also got two sons one's in the minors and the other one's coming and evidently they're very good players so Matt Holiday might have a 
future as a hitting coach somewhere. So anyway, that's my two cents of my cards right there. All right. Well, I'll open up the 91 pops. Ooh, yeah. And once more, we'll, we'll play the uh, game with Max. Have you heard of this player? <laughs> That's and the year Nirvana had that Nevermind album, I think. There's, there's the, uh, the archaic gum. The, there's How the appetizing. Yes. I think, I think you can smoke it. I think you smoke that. It give you some, some illusions. The former Cardinal and former Cub, Bob Tewksbury. The Tewks. Nope. Yeah. But great name. Yep. Uh, he, uh, he had his best years with the Cardinals. He, gosh, in two years with the Cubs, he only pitched in eight games. So he kind of came out of nowhere. We got him from the Twins, and he ended up being the ace of our staff. And uh, I think he played on the All Star team. Uh, had a nice career. It was during the Joe Torre years here in the in the mid nineties. Yeah, those, those lost years. Those bad. Yeah, a lot of rookies. Uh, former closer for the Angels, Brian Harvey. Oh. Oh, I liked old Brian Harvey. He's a fun guy. He always kind of crazy out there. Ooh, Yankee World Series hero, Jim Laveritz. Yeah, that's right. Max, you may have heard of this guy, Jose Canseco. Yes, I have. Okay. I like it when the ball went off his head over the wall. Remember that? He got an assistant in a home run. Uh... Pitcher Daryl Irvine. Oh my god! Uh, that guy is uh, for the Brewers. Pitcher Chuck Krem. No clue. Nope. Oh, former Brewer outfielder Mike Felder, oh, yeah. utility player. Ah, uh, guy who played in the World Series with the Dodgers, Mike Sharperson. Utility fella. It takes a lot for me to find a Cub player that I don't remember. This is second baseman, third baseman, Greg Smith. I don't remember him at all. Up oh, the candy man, John Candelaria. Oh, yeah. I was in the Navy with his sister. Really? She said she, her name was Candelaria. She said she was John Candelaria's sister. Do you do you know he was, that he uh he went to one of those Dodger tryouts, uh, but he wore a pot leaf on his shirt, so they didn't want him. And the the Pirates don't care what you smoke. I, I, yeah, <laughs> Doc Ellis, come on over. <laughs> Former Cardinal, current uh, color commentator for the Royals, Rex Hudler. Oh, Rex the Wonder Dog. He got so hyper one time, he jumped up in the dugout, bumped his head on the ceiling, and almost knocked himself out. The pride of University City, Bernard Gilkey. Oh, yes. Became an nice. all-star with the Mets. Nice fella. He was in Men in Black. Oh, this is cool. Uh, former Brewer second baseman, Jim Gantner, had a really good career. Yeah, 82, uh, he was in the 82 World Series. This is cool. I got the only uh, the only uh, uh, Hall of Famer, and I got two of his cards in one pack. Here's Alan Trammell. Alan Trammell, yes. 
One's an all-star card and one's just a regular card. That's pretty cool. So Hernandez's that's, teammate. That's okay. my cards. So very uh, do you remember the uh um free agent contest is still going on? Uh Nola's off the board, everybody else is still on. So we have uh, eight people playing and one person uh picked Nola back to the Phillies. So we got one play, one of our listeners is up one to nothing. Troy Lou, the old the old fisherman himself, Troy Lou. I was going to give him a nickname, but I wanted to be nice. But he's up right now, one to nothing over the other seven. Well, Max, you picked Nola going back to the Phils, didn't you? Yeah, I've, I've got them pulled up right now. And you had Sonny Gray going to the Cardinals. So we're both, we both hey. have a point. Hey, hey, how about that? AJ, you also picked the Phillies for Aaron Nola. So, all right. Good stuff. There we go. All right. We're, we're we hanging go. in there. Very good. Also, remember the, uh, the uh, guest, the cub, the uh, gentleman behind me. And remember, if you want to uh, engage in trivia with me and JJ, uh, drop us a message any way that you can. Let us know you want on the list. We'll put you on the list and we are going to bring back trivia. So thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great week.